Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy, back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. So back in 2020, the most popular Trusted Advisor podcast of the year focused on the cannabis vertical. If you want to watch or listen to it again, it's episode number 11. So today we're bringing back two of the guests that we talked with back then for an update on the cannabis market, and hopefully we're going to produce again the best RSP podcast of the year. No pressure at all uh, to our guests. <laughs> So our first special guest is Dave Albert, the founder and president of RSP VAR member retail control systems. RCS is headquartered in New Hampshire, but also operates an office in Fort Collins, Colorado, in part to help the company gain more traction in the cannabis vertical. That office markets their product, Anthea, powered by RCS. Hey, Dave, great to talk with you again. Welcome back to the pod. Thank you. Nice to be here. Be uh, episode number two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Run it back, like they say on the basketball court. Right. Our second special guest is Dwayne Roebuck, a senior channel manager of retail and IoT at distributor Blue Star. Dwayne has worked at Blue Star for eight years and has focused much of his energy lately on the cannabis vertical, attending and speaking at an in-person and virtual trade shows in this space. Dwayne, thanks for your time today and welcome back to you as well. Hey, great to be back. I appreciate you uh, setting the bar so low there, you know, <laughs> from the very beginning, you know. Uh, we win a championship and it's like, what are you going to do for the next championship? <laughs> That's exactly right. You win one, you got to go win the next one. You don't look at that trophy forever. Yeah. So, all right. Well, looking forward to doing this again in 2021. I should also mention Dave and Dwayne are both active members of the RSPA cannabis community. That's a group we launched in late 2020. It's now grown to over 100 channel executives who are interested in this emerging vertical market. So even though this is the first time we're recording a podcast together in a year, it's not our first conversation in a year, right? I don't have to say like, right. how are, how's the family doing? I haven't seen you in forever. So uh, we right. connect on, on a regular basis, but uh, want to have a, a public conversation here. So my first question to, to both of you and Dave, if you could answer it first. Um, so a year ago, the first question that I asked you was about the stigma around cannabis products. And I'm curious, have you seen the aversion to cannabis lessen over the past 12 months. And so you're on the front lines of this. Do you think that our society in general and maybe technology executives in particular are now more comfortable talking openly about cannabis and marijuana than they were a year ago? Yeah, it's um, it's been an interesting last you know 12 months, six months. Um, I don't know if it, the acceptance has accelerated. I know it's because of uh, the pandemic and it's the least of our worries as far as accepting cannabis as a but um, I think the acceptance is um, is greater than ever, and there's a lot of buzz out there with you know companies, various companies. You're talking about uh, um, banks are getting involved. I had um, a few beers with a local bank president uh, this past weekend, and I just threw it out there. That, you know, I threw, asked him as far as what he thinks as far as the cannabis industry, and he was, of course, it's Colorado. They have probably ten branches, and he was saying that. Um, they're ready. They're you know, locked and loaded, as he put it, ready for it and stuff. And they think it's gonna it's gonna happen, you know, sooner than later. So they're actually doing some, uh, you know, pre uh, some pre planning as far as how, when it goes legal. They're actually doing some promotions within the cannabis industry. So when it happens, they'll be ready. They want to be the first out of the gates in Colorado. So it's kind of interesting. But there's a lot of uh, we've got a lot of phone calls uh, because of some of the meetings we've had from distributors from. Uh, Financial institutions are calling. Uh, credit card processors are trying to figure out how they can get in there. Um, there's they're really starting to realize that the uh, the, the legalization of cannabis is going to happen sooner than later. So I think there's a lot of buzz about it right now. So it's um, it's pretty interesting. And also we did a um, we had a, a, um, a an ebook that we did with uh, with Blue Star, and um, we sent it out to the cannabis community. And the response was overwhelming. You know, we had some 250 you know, responses, and a lot of them were it's interesting. A lot of them were, you know, either retailers, you know, dispensaries. Some of them were growers, but there's a lot of them that were, you know, interested observers sitting out there. There's a lot of financial people and consultants. So there's a lot of talk out there as far as uh, who's gonna who's gonna win first. So it's it's exciting. Got it. So the folks who have been in cannabis, it's more popular than ever. And it sounds like you're saying the folks who haven't are showing more interest and they're talking about it and, and it's above a whisper. Are you seeing the same thing? It's, 
Dwayne, that folks are more open to affiliating themselves with the market or, or investigating as opposed to more in a hush-hush manner? I am. And, um, and if you look at you know, how things are going uh, nationally in the national viewpoint, you know, a, a year ago, you know, um, we said 75% of uh, Americans <coughs> told, you know, um, believe, you know, it should be um, or had a favorable opinion towards cannabis. If you look at it now, um, even across generations, you know, um, you're, we're seeing where um, polling is placing um, cannabis favorability of over 50%, and, and it even goes, it, it spans across um, political parties as well. And so, you know, when you have that type of traction, every month I'm talking to someone else who's looking yep. to get into this industry, um, looking to be affiliated. You know, um, I, I think what happened, you know, like COVID showed them, um, showed that this is an essential industry. And, um, and so, as such, the technology has sped up within that industry, and it's it's opened up a lot of opportunities um, for individuals looking to get into this space. And to Dave's point, I'm having more conversations now about um, electronic commerce and um, mm -hmm. and e-wallet banking um, more more than ever. You know, so you know, I think uh, under this new administration, if things, um, you know, if they keep their word, you know, which, you know, in politics, it's often, uh, you know, What? No, people. no, I always believe politicians. They're... But if they, if they keep their word, then, um, you, you know, we're, we're going to see tremendous growth. And, and I really think, um, especially coming off a pandemic, looking at an industry to grow, um, you know, when you're talking of wages and things like that, this is this is the one. And um, and so, you know, I'm I'm looking for 2021 to be even bigger than uh, 2020 was. And you know, the industry saw over 40% year-over-year growth last year. So, you know, it's it's not going away. No. And a lot of governors don't want it to go away. You know, no. they're trying to figure out how you know they can get it because of the tax revenues and things like that. It's, I want to add something else too. It's interesting. We're just just our company alone, RCS. We always had a separate website for our cannabis solution. You know, for years, you know, we got in the cannabis space some eight years ago, and we we're so cautious as far as you know exposing the fact that we sold to the cannabis space to our other customers and also prospects. And we're just so cautious and like kind of sheltered and stuff. And this past uh, well six months ago. We decided to bring it underneath the uh, the RCS umbrella, so the RCS website. So now it's part of the RCS website. And I was really, I was I had some concerns when we first launched it, but the impact was actually we had a lot of customers that were excited about it. The fact that we're in the cannabis space, so it's um, it's becoming accepted. Any blowback whatsoever, Dave? Any blowback at all? No blowback whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. No blowback at all, which is. And to Dave's point, I apologize, guys. Um, I think we we're hitting that you know obligatory de delay. But to to Dave's point, look at what look at just what we're doing here. You know, if if I had to come to you, you know, five six, well six years ago, um, when me and Dave were first you know talking about this, if I had come to you and said, Hey, Jim, what about putting a uh, cannabis podcast? You would have probably told me, have you lost your mind? <laughs> My ongoing joke has always been, I want to stay on the straight and narrow in case I want to run for Congress someday. And now it just seems like, you know, it seems like, it, I mean, I'm in Pennsylvania. Uh, Lieutenant Governor is John uh, Fetterman. And he's talking, I mean, he's planning on running for the Senate. And that's one of his big things is handing, handing a cannabis uh, flag outside the state capital and promoting uh, legal, uh, legalized marijuana mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, Pennsylvania is more a middle of the road, you know, leaning red, um, you know, purple uh, kind of state. And he's just, yeah. you know, I, I don't think, you know, he's getting a lot of, a lot of pushback from that. So I guess tying in with that. So we're talking about how attitudes have changed and when you alluded to, you know, some of the regulations. So, you know, for folks who aren't up to speed on the cannabis industry. So every election in 2020 where cannabis initiatives were on the ballot, they weren't just approved, but they won by huge margins. So it's something that the voters uh, have really wanted. So beyond that change, are there other important changes in this vertical market 
that our audience should be aware of. And so, Dwayne, if you can take a crack at that first, what has changed besides attitudes and, and some of the legalities uh, in the past 12 months? Well, from, from an industry perspective, um, you know, according to uh, some of the data that's out there, the cannabis industry is the fastest growing um, in, uh, um, American industry right now in terms of jobs. So, you know, if you look at uh, 2019, um, I think, you know, they estimate there was uh, like 211,000 uh, full-time workers in um, the cannabis industry. And then if you look at ancillary businesses that, you know, aren't 100% tied to the cannabis, like each of us here, um, you're looking at over 300,000 jobs being created. And so it kind of gets back to the point, you know, I was talking um, talking about before. If you're looking to um, pull a country out of, um, you know, right now they're saying record unemployment, the, you know, what's the best way to do that is to have, you know, first, first and foremost is to address this pandemic. Um, I'm not in any way mm -hmm. implying that any cannabis legislation should uh, supersede that because, you know, if people aren't comfortable going out. That's just not going to happen. But once, you know, once that piece is firmly there, I mean, there's a huge green injection, you know, that you can put into the economy. And, um, you know, by them opening it up, opening it up to banks and the transactions, um, it's just going to, you know, stimulate the entire economy. And, you know, now, you know, there's been a big push towards um, social equity within this space. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you know, right now, you know, um, some of the people who have been most harmed by the plant, you know, traditionally over the years, you know, community colleges and organizations are now coming up with accreditations and um, and making it so that these, you know, some of these people um, who've been disenfranchised can, you know, not only get jobs in this space, but as they open it up, capital, you know, access to capital and things like that right. comes in there, which, you know, traditional retailers, even beer and liquor, you know, have access to that where, you know, cannabis companies don't, you know, a lot of it is VC or angel funded. So I think everybody wins, you know, as we move more towards uh, whatever you want to call it, legalization, decriminalization, it opens up an opportunity. And then, you know, I think for, you know, some of our, you know, more traditional retailer or resellers that have been, you know, standing on the sidelines because, you know, they think that this industry is so different I think, you know, more people are going to get into it. You're going to see more mainstream software companies come into it. Yeah. Um, big tobacco will be in it, um, pharma. So, you know, it's just going to push the economy to a whole nother scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Dave, if you can take that question. So, you know, again, it's what has changed in the past year. We've talked about attitudes. We've talked about, uh, you know, from an election standpoint, we see some regulations are going to change. And then Dwayne talks about the fast growth and then kind of the mainstreaming and mainstream organizations getting involved. Uh, what do you have? to? What would you add to that? Well, you know, it's, it's, I was reading an article uh, this past weekend from uh, the most recent <clears throat> MJ Biz Daily. And it, it states that Senator Leader Schumer is pushing federal marijuana legalization as a priority. So it talks about, you know, it's 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 happening. And um, and it's interesting, actually, <clears throat> looking at where they are now as far as growth. I mean, the growth potential, what's going to happen between now and 2024? They're, they're, uh, right now, I think in 2019, it was, what, $10 billion? 2020 uh, was 15. They're projecting 2024 to be 37 billion. So the growth is just staggering. Um, and this is in spite of, you know, it, it, just the obstacles that are presented to the cannabis cannabis industry as a whole. I mean, really they, um, things like uh, access to banking, like Dwayne was saying, um, they, they can't get loans, you know, normal loans like most retailers. Um, Landlords, you know, if they have to rent, if they can't, you don't purchase. Landlords tend to gouge as far as rent because it's considered a, a high-risk industry. <clears throat> um, as far as the taxing too, which is interesting, where they can't do your, the, the typical business expense expenses as far as from their taxes like normal industries can, because it's still considered illegal, federally illegal. And and this is this expected growth is with all these regulations in place, you know, so. Once those are lifted, it's just going to be this propellant. It's just going to go. 
Um, so tell me if this is, I, I pride myself on having the most ridiculous analogies in the channel, but tell me if this is if what you guys think of this. Like you have, you're on a track, you have eight people running right in a sprint, but one person has hurdles in their lane, right? And that person is jumping over the hurdles and they are still winning the race while everybody else is sprinting. And is that kind of what you're saying, Dave, in terms yeah, of- Yeah, pretty much. That's, right a, that's, right that's a great analogy. Yep. Yep. It's pretty much it what's is, happening is they have all these hurdles up there. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, the industry, the three of us are whole lap ahead of Michael Phelps and then letting him dive into the pool. Um, <laughs> you know, it is. It's really it's really it staggering. Is. If you think about, you know, everything is thrown at these at these uh, cannabis companies and stuff. And it's man, they're just coming out of it. You know, they're it's they keep getting this stuff thrown at them, the taxes, the regulations. And uh, once they're lifted, um, and there's also, you know, Philip Morris approached us as far as opening up these vape stores. And they have a, a large um, flagship store they're opening in Atlanta. And you know why they're doing it is they're just setting up the market. They're just, they're just setting up the store, the storefront, the whole consumer experience store. So you know that they're, they're starting to, to, to play the game as far as getting ready for it too. So it's, it's interesting what's gonna happen. Can you dive into that a little bit if I'm understanding correctly? You're saying Philip Morris is opening up vape stores and you're thinking that is essentially going to be, no pun intended, a gateway into cannabis dispensaries in some of these other states. Am I understanding that correctly? That is a yes. I, I truly believe that way too. And I think there's, we also have some customers that are, uh, that are vape stores that have been around for a while, like small shops. And uh, they're opening up, you know, next door, you know, it's called, one's called uh, you know, Smokers Haven. You know, next door is Cannabis Haven. So really, they there were um, they were progressive years ago, knowing that when it becomes legal, they want to be ready for it. So they actually bought the building, put in a, a smoker's shop, and next door, and now they're opening up cannabis stores next door. So and you're seeing more of that where they're kind of setting the stage to be ready for it. So. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these guys are looking at all kinds of things like consumption lounges. Um, Yep. You know, where it would be, you know, kind of like a cigar bar, you know, that sort of thing where you can try before you buy, you know, um, large quantities and, and things like that. And so, you know, it's uh, I think when uh, when they made these in essential business, a lot of these, you know, uh, owners in this industry um, took that and, and they pushed, you know, the door in a bit more, you know, um, you know, I've read about um, dispensaries that have drive through windows. Um, in Colorado, they now have um, vending machines, you know, in some of the dispensaries where you can, you know, go in there and without dealing with anybody, just purchase straight from um, the vending machine. Delivery is happening like yeah. crazy. You know? <clears throat> These are all the things, you know, when I was in college, you know, we would sit there and dream that one day in someone else's lifetime, we might see something like this. And um, and now, you know, it's uh, it's become a reality. And, you know, as such, it opens up a lot of opportunity for resellers who are willing to be nimble and um, and, and, and agile in this industry, um, right. you know, and, and think outside of the box. So build on that point, please, Dwayne, and then I'm going to uh, get Dave's take on it as well, because somebody could be listening to this. They're a VAR, they're an ISV executive, and they're like, well, good that it's a growing market, but how am I going to take advantage of it? So what is the opportunity in this space for resellers and IS, ISVs? The, in my opinion, the opportunity is tremendous. I mean, um, this industry right now hits on everything from media, point of sale, printers, security cameras, digital signage, RFID, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going after all of it, you know, and um, anything, you know, where in a lot of other industries, there's, you know, been a pushback as far as, um, you know, employing technology or deploying technology. And this industry, if it's, uh, if it's making them more operationally efficient and, um, you know, it, it, it helps service their customers, these guys are willing to kick the tires. And, um, you know, what I've seen is that, you know, dispensary owners and um, grow owners who do have a relationship with a good reseller, um, they lean on that relationship. They don't want to meet with the point of sale, um, the point of sale manufacturer, the scanner manufacturer, the digital signage manufacturer. These guys value 
um, the relationship and a reseller who can, they want to focus on their primary business. And um, right now they know that everyone else knows this is a, a tremendous, you know, tremendously fast growing business. And so everybody's reaching out to them. And I'm sure they're probably resellers who um, have gone to a show or something like that or walked into a dispensary and um, they left their card and they're trying to figure out why these guys don't call them because they don't want to, you know, they want to deal with, uh, they want to establish a relationship with someone that they trust and that's who they want to work through. They don't want to work through, you know, have to talk to each individual manufacturer and things like that. Their time is more valuable. What would you say, Dave? Well, I, I think the the potential is is like we've never seen before because based on the growth, you know, the growth trajectory is so so great. Um, and I what's what's challenging and interesting is that it's it's so fragmented as far as what they use. They uh, they're getting bombarded from different vendors, suppliers. Um, they always look. I think they look at the point of sale aspect of it as the um they look at getting the license first and getting the location first and then oh by the way we have to get something to be able to run this the front of the house the store and it's always like the last purchase um and 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 i've seen where a lot of the existing systems they have in place tend to be non-retail hardened systems in place so there's there's a big opportunity for education how can we, as as um, as VARs, excuse me, as VARs or ISVs, really help these guys and really educate them as far as a, a true retail solution? Um, and that's the aspect of it, or also something, <clears throat> excuse me, that covers the whole journey of a customer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, we had to kind of step back and figure out <clears throat> we're not just point of sale suppliers; we're really um, providing a solution that that uh, satisfies the journey of a consumer. Which I think the pandemic has really made it so it's vital that uh, all these uh, uh, all these retailers have a solution that can actually follow the journey of a customer because the consumers have become uh, less tolerant uh, and there's so many choices out there. So um, so I think the opportunities for resellers are if they go in and offer a comprehensive solution and offer education associated with it, they're going to win. You know, but I think that's becoming important. And also trying to get to the right people as far as education and get them to commit to education. Uh, and that's the other part of it, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, uh, well said. Go, go ahead, Dwayne. To, to, to Dave's point, and don't apologize, I get choked up on this industry sometimes. <laughs> um, but, but to Dave's point, you know, uh, you know I, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, resellers forget that uh, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Um, listening is more important than speaking. And so listen to, you know, what some of the obstacles that these guys have. You know, I had the pleasure, you know, Dave invited me on a um, on a, a, a site visit with him a year ago, almost a year ago this time. And mm-hmm. uh, while we were sitting there, you know, the guy, he was saying, you know, like one of the things they pride themselves on is, um, you know, customer engagement face to face, you know, this was, you know, pre pandemic, of course. And then we walked out into the dispensary. And if you had a scene how they had it up, you know, um, I mean, it was the most unorthodox setup I've ever seen. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I mean, they had two big screens and then, you know, there was, you know, like the cash drawer there. And I'm like, God, you know, you're blocked off from your customer. And, right. you know, that's when Dave started talking to them and showing them, you know, um, more different options, you know, because these guys were using Dell computer screens and such, you know, just manipulating it in that way. And we need to do a better job, you know, because to Dave's point, these guys spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars mm-hmm. on the grow and the process. And um, no one has really hammered home the value in enterprise grade technology to them. You know, a lot of these guys are, um, it's a very millennial driven, you know, industry. And so, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're aware of technology, but I think they piece and parse it together instead of looking at it as an <laughs> purchase the right equipment the first time 
And then that equipment can grow and expand as your business expands. And so, you know, that, that's, you know, really an area for resellers to, to, to hammer at, you know, simply saying, hey, we've been in business for 30, you know, 40, 50 years doesn't really resonate with right. them. Right. I mean, we're dealing with really, you think about our, our, the customer that we're dealing with, the reseller is we're really <clears throat> dealing with non-conformance. You know, we're, we're dealing with, with an industry where they came in as, uh, as you know, somehow they're related to the cannabis in whatever form or fashion, but they're they know the industry and they became a retailer and they're really non-conformist. So it's it's really trying to work with them as far as how we can actually drive in the right direction as far as looking at the uh, the retail technology aspect of the business as being vital and really educating them on the fact where they make so many so many times you go in there and they've gone through two, three, four systems. You know, so we always go in saying, uh, you know, we're going to be your last system because they've gone through all these different uh, systems and they've, it's the next shiny thing. Yeah. So. yeah. And before we pause for a quick commercial break, just want to say it sounds like what you're saying is, uh, bo both of you is coming out of this, you want to be that retail expert where you can guide the owner about here's how a dispensary should work. And then also, if all along you've been a total solution provider, not just providing a fraction of the solution, but all the solution, you'll be able to walk in and that's going to give you a leg up on, on anybody else. And then also, this is also an opportunity to be a trusted advisor and provide that education. And obviously, it's something that we preach here at the RSPA so much, though, it's the name of the freaking podcast, right? Like, <laughs> it's not an accident. We call this the trusted advisor because we want all VARs uh, to exactly. really fill that mode. So there might be things that VARs and ISVs need to learn more about the cannabis uh, vertical, which that's why you can join the RSPA and join our cannabis uh, community and partner with uh, folks like Dave and Dwayne. Um, but yeah, there's certainly an opportunity for here. So I'm glad you guys talked about that, not just the big growth in general, but also uh, for everybody. So Dave, this is a chance for you to pause and get a, a drink of water. Um, and yeah, so we're going to let awesome. our listeners and viewers know an RSP membership has never been more valuable or more affordable. Annual memberships for VARs start at just $250 a year for dozens of high value services, including legal advisor, security advisor, business advisor, exclusive e-learning programs through the RSP Academy, discounts on business services, and a college scholarship program for the families of RSPA members. Vendors and software developers benefit from an RSPA membership as well through introductions to VAR and ISV members and by showcasing their solutions through the exclusive RSPA Solutions Center. Accelerate your success by joining the RSPA today. Also, thanks to our sponsors who support the RSPA and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star and Shift4 Payments. Thank you, Dwayne, for approving that. Our gold sponsors are Heartland and ScanSource. And with this being a special episode, we also want to uh, thank the sponsors of the RSPA cannabis community, APG Cash Drawer, Blue Star, Star Micronics, 420 MSP, Marijuana Venture Magazine, Touch Dynamic, Partner Tech, and Epson. To receive the benefits of an RSP membership or RSP sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. That's membership at gorspa.org. And finally, and this will end our commercial break, don't forget to save the date for Retail Now 2021. That's July 25th through 27th in Nashville. <laughs> retail Now is where the industry meets. And I have to say, you know, commercials don't usually, they're not particularly inspiring. But the fact that I read off so many names, I think it's eight sponsors of the cannabis community, which when we talked a year ago, wasn't even a thought in our mind. It really does show the acceptance of some mainstream organizations, yeah. really reputable organizations that they're willing to uh, to put some money, put their name and attach it uh, to this vertical market. So oh, and right. I'm sure that's going to, you know, probably <laughs> double, um, you know, by the time we do this, uh, at least double, you know, if we do this again right. next year. Yeah. So, one other point I wanted to make uh, related to the last question before the commercial is um, I think resellers should also look at collaboration, um, you know, because a lot of uh, resellers, you know, look at, <clears throat> you know, um, they're, they're more inclined to stay in their lane. And I get that. Um, but collaborative effort, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you don't play in certain areas, um, there there's no reason why not to uh, um, for, form a collaboration so that you can do things that, you know, may not be, you know, to your core. Um, so, you know, I, th I think that's um, an area, you know, where um, resellers could definitely do 
um, a better job. And Dave, can I ask how, and I guess two questions, Dave. So A, how are you collaborating with other organizations to accelerate your learning curve, even though you've been in this for a while? And then also if you can talk about the electronic payment option that you offer to dispensary owners, because that's a real reason why I think a lot of VARs are hesitant to get into this space, because they say, am I able to get all the payments residuals? No, then wait until I get around to doing that. So I guess first talk about collaboration and then how you're able to take advantage of uh, electronic payments by you know doing something yourself. Yeah, uh, as far as collaboration is, um, we, over the years, we've kind of built relationships with different, um, instead of reinventing the wheel, we decided we build relationships with individuals that have actually built this solution set. So again, it's, um, again, so we can actually provide a solution that, that uh, does the whole journey of a, uh, of a consumer. And it's, um, and I think it's becoming more vital now than ever because of the pandemic where you have to have a complete comprehensive solution <clears throat> and it's um and it's interesting when you look at uh a lot of cannabis retailers where you might have a uh like here in fort collins there's a retail store which is a, a large presence which happens to be a customer but literally next door there's a competitor and they're literally and that's how they build their stores is this 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 large uh, cannabis retailer builds a store and other people build another one right next to them. So they pretty much get the overflow. Uh, so this sort of larger customer has to really make sure that they capture the whole customer experience. And it's um, people have become intolerant as far as if you if you walk in a store now and you and you purchase something and you feel you don't feel safe or the transaction took too long. Uh, or the, the interaction was uh, um, too challenging, then chances are you probably won't, uh, won't go back to that location. And I think, and so it's important as far as resellers to make sure that we have the solution set. And however you do it too, I think it's important to actually build relationships with other individuals that have already built that solution. Um, so we've actually worked with um, suppliers where we can actually provide a solution that covers it from their first interaction online. So they can actually order online, you know, pick up at store, curbside pickup. They can do queue management uh, where and a little bit about payment, too, is the challenge with online payment always has been for cannabis, uh, for cannabis retailers is they can't do payments online. So you really they really can't commit as far as the transactions so the abandoned carts are 20 percent so for whatever reason it could be because uh, you know you wanted to, to purchase product from the store and then you know your uh, your spouse found out that you're, you're you're spending money on cannabis and decided to not let you go pick up the goods so they have all these abandoned carts at the retailer at the retail establishment so they have to put back they pick the inventory they, they get it ready and then they don't show up so uh, again, that's part of the whole uh, deal, actually take payment online, but having a whole journey. So when they get to the store, so they can actually pick up quickly, do curbside pickup. And then if they have to go in the store, so they feel safe within the store. And that's everything from, we'll talk a little bit about what, from the splash guards to all the other uh, important aspects of you know letting customers feel safe. Yeah, and are you offering something now, uh, just so I'm understanding, that uh, are able to take electronic <laughs> Payments like that's one of the innovations that you have focused on, you know, in 2020 to to make that happen. Am I correct on that? It is. So I think the biggest the biggest challenge for if you think about just them dealing with cash alone is is uh, there's so many aspects to cash that create challenges, and one is just the the exposure, uh, the management of it, um, the loss prevention alone, uh, the fact that you need to have you know you need to have security. Um, there's actually, there's some uh, cannabis retailers that deliver uh, their tax payments in a satchel to pay their taxes. Um, there's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's crazy. It's out of a gangster movie, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, a briefcase and show it around. It's, it's, Lab, it's, you know, I, I have friends in the industry um, who get paid. Um, it's, it's almost a godfather or mafioso style where, you know, um, every two weeks they get a cash envelope, you know, full of cash. And um, it's, that's how they're, how, how they're paid. It, you know? it really is. It's, it's almost like the gangster days. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
And and to yeah. and, and talking to some of these guys, how the process of cash is, is they <clears throat> they have ATM machines. Most you know most of the retail dispensary have ATM machines within the location, so you can get cash. Uh, but some of them it became uh, so labor intensive keeping the machine filled with cash. So now they they do vouchers where you put cash in and you get a voucher for payment. But just the management of cash alone and also what's involved in actually getting cash and going having cash go to your defaults and so forth, it's just a it's just onerous. And also the um, I I you know being in retail for years, it's always that exposure you, you have and the risk aspect of it where you know you have employees seeing this till filled with cash. And it's unless it's it's high security, and of course the cameras there, but it's 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 almost like um, you're you're, uh, you're inviting a potential problem because it's there. <laughs> yeah, Bringing a cake, bring in a cake to a Weight Watchers meeting, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like you want people to stay on the straight and narrow. You don't put you know cake and ice cream in yep. front of yep. in front of everybody. So, so we've been looking for something. Uh, sorry, sorry, Dwayne. We've been looking for something for for, for years as far as a, a, an alternative solution for it. And knowing that credit cards, when it becomes legal, credit cards are going to be years behind. It's going to take forever to actually go through the process. There's still a challenge with CBD now as far as it's ingested. You know, they'll pretty much deny a CBD store for using credit cards. Um, so I think it's what we, after, after doing some investigation due diligence on different payment types and there's a lot out there saying they're the, the next best thing for payments we found something that is uh, it's a true digital uh, payment process so um, what happens is you, you, you scan a QR code so when you get to the store you scan a QR code you set yourself up as far as you know, from your bank to to the uh, retailers bank it's direct payment between banks and it can also be done online too and it can be either integrated with your point of sale system or not, so it's not necessary. But it's um, it's approved in all states, uh, so they did all their homework as far as making sure that it was legit. Um, and it's and what's interesting about it too is you get funded the next day, where with cash, you no know, gosh, it might be before you can actually uh, have it, so it actually hits your the the institution. It takes you know, five days, seven days. This is funded the next business day, and just the reconciliation aspects of it is, is so simplistic, you know, beside, other than cash. Um, and also the abandoned carts. So when, when they go online and place an order online for pickup, you know, you get commitment online. So you actually you get actually put the payment in and stuff, and you get commitment online. So it's been um, it's been uh, we've introduced it probably six months ago now, and the adoption rate has been tremendous. Uh, and also CBD too are looking at it too, so it's been good and, it's not, and the success rate's been really high too, where they love it because it's it also builds customer loyalty. Um, so it's also we have others, we have a lot of uh, 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 thrift stores looking at it because you can use it for donations, and the uh, and for cannabis, you know their 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 rate for is 2.5 percent, which is pretty inexpensive for processing. It's like Amex, yeah. so. So, so Dwayne, so I want to get, thank you, Dave, for that detail. That's, yeah. that's very helpful to get like really specific what's one reseller doing. And I'm curious, Dwayne, if you can kind of help speak to the resellers and ISVs in the audience who might have heard what Dave was talking about and have the devil on one shoulder saying, that seems really complicated. Just stick with what you're doing. Right. Or the angel on the shoulder saying like, man, that sounds like a lot of opportunity from a cash management standpoint and then from an electronics payment standpoint and then all the other technologies underneath. So I guess, uh, Dwayne, who should the VARs listen to? Should they listen to the angel or should they listen to the devil? <laughs> I, I say uh, listen to both, um, you know, because uh, there, are, there are a lot of people in this industry that are promising a lot of things. And, you know, once you start um, peeling the layers of the onion, you start to realize that some of these are no more than uh, essentially la money laundering <laughs> pretending to be one business, but are really another or um, offshoring. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we've tried for years, we've, you know, vetted, um, you know, different companies that have made certain claims. And to Dave's point, you know, like uh, we, we've settled on, uh, we're settled on a couple and working through them. Um, I'm seeing where e-wallet solutions, electronic wallet solutions, kind of, um, kind, kind of like the uh, the Apple Pay model, 
you know, mm-hmm. where um, you go in and, and you load money um, into this electronic wallet. Um, and then you're able to transact the business um, regardless. And so um, some of the ones uh, that, that, that we, we've been, you know, looking at are ones that go, they're not completely focused on cannabis. Um, they, they actually are looking at traditional retail as well. And so you could go into a Home Depot, a Lowe's, a Target, use, um, use that app on the phone and make that payment. And then you can also walk into your dispensary, um, you know, if they're a member and utilize it there, um, which, you know, and, and like Dave said, you're looking at, um, you know, the, the money transferring, you know, probably I think it's like 24 hours or something like that into your account. Um, since it's not riding over the Visa MasterCard rails, it's, mm-hmm. um, it seems to be, uh, you know, accepted. And these, you know, um, the guys who we've been utilizing, they, um, and I mean, you know, the, like they're showing us where they have layers upon layers upon layers of um, security, as well as, um, you know, making sure, that, you know, their attorneys are constantly going out there to make sure that they're not doing anything that's, um, you know, not in compliance. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, but on the cash side of things, you're also seeing where, you know, manufacturers are coming up with cash management solutions, um, you know, that'll probably be rolled out, you know, pretty soon because I don't, I don't anticipate cash going away um, anytime soon. You know, um, I think that, that, you know, that's still going to be, you know, the big demand, especially for in-store, you know, purchases. Um, I see uh, the the e-wallet and those type of things uh, really being something that, you know, places that can, you know, do delivery. Um, you don't want your driver driving around with a bunch of cannabis yeah. and cash. You know, that's a, right. you know, a hard <laughs> It's a double whammy. <laughs> right. And so, um, so, so I know, you know, some of the manufacturers, that play in the cash drawer space um, are, are coming out real soon um, with cash management solutions and things like that, because, you know, I mean, that that's still going to be, you know, the biggest devil in the detail, you know, right there, but there are legitimate options. And uh, I would encourage anybody to either, you know, talk to Dave or reach out to myself and we can, you know, put you in, get you engaged. And, you know, like right. Dave said, a lot of these guys are leveraging it, with loyalty, you know, um, five, six years ago, your interaction with, uh, a dispensary was, you know, you give them uh, your cell phone and they'll send you a text message from time to time, um, as far as, uh, specials and sales and things like that. But now, you know, even, um, I'm seeing where growers are, you know, um, are, you know, placing QR codes, on their label so that you can, you know, get more information and um, you can sign up for official special requests because these guys are trying to figure out who's utilizing their product, what they're utilizing it for. And then also to, you know, build, you know, loyalty demand, you know, if there's a particular brand, you know, it's no different than, you know, Nike versus Adidas or Reebok, whichever one you like, that's who you, you know, tend to sign up for. And then people, you know, um, organically start looking into the company and figuring out, you know, like, um, I, I want to know more, you know, like their, their, you know, cultivation process, are these guys using organic materials, things like that. And I, I see that demand only increasing as this, um, you know, expands nationally because, you know, when I was in the, the last time I was in Seattle, which seems like forever now, you know, it, they were telling it, it was, me. It was. <laughs> <laughs> they were telling me that people no longer buy based off of uh, you know strains, so to speak. Um, you know, they have their favorite grower, and um, and they want to follow that grower. They want to know when new product is coming yep. out. A lot like microbreweries um, and craft beer. You know, yep. um, you know where I live in Cincinnati, when you know certain manufacturers come out you know, um, with a new special brew, you can have a line for several hours of people waiting just to get one bottle, um, <laughs> you know, which is something I never thought that I would see, you know, but but that's how we are as a society. We have access to information and we just consume more and more and more. And so, you know, I think, you know, to Dave's point, 
you, leveraging the technology along with the electronic payments, um, you know, it's it, it's a recipe for success. Yeah. Right. For VARs and ISVs. So we're running short on time. I have one last question. I'm hoping you guys can answer in kind of a rapid fire fashion. So when we talked a year ago, uh, you both mentioned how immersing yourself in cannabis trade shows really helped you understand the market. And you both stressed today how VARs and ISVs need to educate themselves. So can you talk, Dave, first and then Dwayne, what have you done? What are you doing in lieu of trade shows, which have been canceled because of the pandemic, from an education and also from a marketing and lead gen perspective so dave first like what do you do and i guess our listeners will probably you know could pattern this as well i think a lot of it is um publications the mj biz daily is just an incredible publication as far as you know staying current on what's happening out there um there's also a company called cannabis media and same thing you can actually you know stay current as far as new and upcoming what's coming as far as new licenses new states legalization and we stay in touch with that. And also you can get a list of all the new licenses that are being, uh, that are being reviewed. Um, of course, attending RSPA and the, uh, the webinars, the, the podcasts that you have, which are pretty awesome. Um, of course, Dwayne is, you know, Dwayne has uh, so much knowledge and um, he's also, uh, he's always um, understands what's happening in the marketplace. So he's good to get to, which I don't want to bombard Dwayne with all these which means I probably won't be able to get a hold of them. But um, always <laughs> <laughs> able to get a hold of me, Dave. <laughs> but I think I think a lot of it too is is I think it's important to um, to actually experience the process of visiting a dispensary, where you know it's if you're uncomfortable going in a dispensary, it's probably not the right vertical market for you to go after. <laughs> you know, right. but you should walk in a dispensary and really understand the process that they go through um, and also try to engage with them as far as you know, the current uh, technology stack, what they're currently using. And, and you'll learn a lot there because most of them are challenged with what they have and they're looking for other options. Uh, but I think it's, and also if you can, which is, I know we've done it where if you can, if you have an existing customer, you can actually go and actually work behind the counter and really understand the flow and what they do and the challenges they have. Uh, and we've done it and we have a lot of people we sell we sell in uh, Anthea that have to do it. You have to go and work a couple hours in the store just so they understand all the challenges they face and what in the education process and how they know the product and how their, their, their technology can actually help them. So I think it's important, so. Great, great answer. Dwayne, uh, how have you been staying close without uh, with having to stay in Cincinnati 24-7, 365. <laughs> right. Thank, thank you, Jim. Uh, <laughs> slap me back to reality. Uh, a, a lot of it has been, um, you know, I've, I've been blessed to where, you know, I've got some really good resellers in this space that are, you know, willing to, you know, really share a lot of information, um, you know, webinars, you know, most of the time I'm I'm actually, you know, helping to do it but uh, um i still learn you know a lot from um other you know panelists that are on there and then you know another thing i would say is look towards um some of the social equity you know um areas or groups um mm -hmm. in your area because now you know um i mean there's been a tremendous cry for social equity within this industry and so you know there are some big players um, out there that are a part of this um, and you know I don't want to you know name any specifics but I mean some huge multi-state operators um, you know that are on that on those committees and, and a part of that and then you know the other thing is I would say take advantage of some of the um, virtual you know shows that are out there because you know yeah you know a virtual show is not as good as being in person but you know you have to play the hand that you're dealt and um, you know all of us would like to be able to get out in person but what you can leverage those uh, virtual shows for is to you know it's, it's an inexpensive way to get your your brand your company out there and to also start you know building a uh, a repository of customers that you can then uh, market to so you know if, if you mm -hmm. had to pay a thousand dollars for a virtual booth what would you pay in order to get one of those uh, lists uh, where, you know, someone who goes into your virtual booth 
you're able to get their contact information. And then, you know, with this being such a word of mouth industry, um, you know, they might come through your virtual booth. And then when we are able to get live, then they'll say, oh, Anthea, um, I saw you guys at this virtual show. And, you know, also look to partner. I mean, you know, Dave talked about MJ Biz um, Daily. Um, you've got um, Cannabis Dispensary Magazine, Cannabis mm -hmm. Business Times, um, Hemp Growers, uh, Marijuana Venture. You know, there's a lot of reputable um, periodical companies, you know, that are out there um, that you can partner with. And, um, you know, and of course, without saying, if you're a reseller and um, you know you you work with Blue Star, you've got access to me. So um, you know, hit me up. Um, you know, have your sales rep get you in touch with me if you don't already have my contact information. I'm typically you know I'm more than willing to share you know my connections and contacts um, you know as much as I can uh, without you know it becoming a competitive you know situation with someone else, but. Right. Yeah, you know, um, and tune into um, the RSPA cannabis, um, you know, meetings. I mean, that's a way where, you know, you can see across the entire spectrum, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's a it's a variety of resellers that are in the industry looking to get into the industry, looking to sell their software into the industry. So, you know, it's one of those, you know, you don't have to necessarily come in um, with value to bring, um, but, you know, if you're willing to learn and listen, um, you know, I think uh, it's very impactful and very beneficial. There's the exactly. second commercial. How's that, Jim? No, that's very good. I was going to say, I should have had you guys read that halfway through. So, no, great list you guys both gave. And again, thanks, you know, for plugging the RSP cannabis community. Like you said, if you just want to listen in uh, and then see who are the movers and the shakers there, and you can reach out to them directly. I also do want to promote our two uh, media partners, uh, Harry Brelsford at 420 MSP. That's a great website. And then Greg James at Marijuana Venture. So if you're an RSPA member, uh, we can connect you with Greg and uh, get you a free discounted or free um uh, subscription to Marijuana Venture Magazine. I do also want to mention this isn't actually official, but it's official enough that I can mention it here at Retail Now 2021, again, January, or I'm sorry, July uh, in uh, 25th through 27th in Nashville, we are planning on having a cannabis track. So that's going to be another great cool. opportunity for you to rub elbows with people, or I guess six feet away, rub elbows with people uh, and also <laughs> really learn uh, about this industry as well. So a lot of opportunity out there if you are willing to take the initiative, right? These opportunities aren't going to come to you. You've got to go and take the initiative. So, well, that does it for this episode of The Trusted Advisor. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and The Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us where you find your favorite podcast. My personal philosophy is the more stars, the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the retail technology industry, check out the RSPA blog. You can find it at gorspa.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go again, before we go, big thanks again to Dwayne and Dave for sharing their wisdom with us today. Gentlemen, tip of my cap to you definitely for my sharing uh, your knowledge with us. And thanks hey, to RSP Marketing. My pleasure as well. Thanks to RSP Marketing Manager Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDave for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point-of-sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, everybody.